Hello and welcome to the City View podcast. I'm Andy Sylvester, the editor here at City AM, and a pleasure as ever to have you join us as we begin to wrap up the first week of 2022. In a few minutes, we'll speak to Patrick Spencer, the Vice Chairman of Equities at Baird, and a man who, when it comes to capital markets, is very much worth listening to. We'll pick through the bones of 2021 and look ahead to the year to come. Before then, I'll be joined by Lily Russell-Jones, our crypto expert here at City AM. We'll fill us in on what to expect in that never far from their headlines market too. But first, the headlines, and I'm afraid it looks like the economy is making like the weather and heading for something of a chill. New services PMI figures out today suggest growth in the vital sector for the UK economy has slowed to a 10-month low. It's a combination of inflation, Omicron negativity, and isolation-induced staff absences taking the toll and, frankly, taking the wind out of the UK's economic recovery. There are concerns too on the high street with price hikes heading for punters' pockets. Next, the retail bellwether expects to increase prices by around 6% to make up for punchy supply chain cost increases. And Greg's, yes, Greg's has baked in hikes to its hearty range. A few extra quid out the pocket of City AM journalists, no doubt. Elsewhere, global markets also had a bit of an off day. Spooked by some alarming warnings of a US economic slowdown in Federal Reserve minutes released late last night. Amid fears of a tight job market and inflation, investors are choosing to keep their powder dry today. Meanwhile, MNC Saatchi looks set for a takeover bid from its biggest shareholder. Doc Martin saw shares tumble after a major investor decided its shoes didn't quite fit anymore. And Andrea Coscelli, the hyperactive boss of the Competition and Markets Authority, announced his decision to step down from the top of the increasingly barky and bitey watchdog. Lily, thanks for joining us. We're going to talk about crypto. Let's talk about a story that broke yesterday, actually, but it's quite informative for the rest of the year. Um, another telling off for another crypto company. Yes, that's right. So the UK's advertising watchdog, the ASA, um, has banned two adverts by Crypto.com. Um, this comes after they banned adverts by Arsenal Football Club, Coinbase and um, Papa John's Pizza, amongst <laughs> others. Um, so this was for an advert which was deemed to be misleading because it didn't tell customers that crypto assets are unregulated in the UK mm-hmm. and it didn't include sufficient warnings. Right. Well, I mean, can't necessarily disagree with that or the ASA's decision. Um, it's interesting the ASA have been quite proactive in this space because, of course, the FCA in particular are not really able to do much when it comes to the actual financial operations of the many of these companies, um, in large part because of the remit that they've been given by government. But that doesn't mean that there isn't more scrutiny coming to this market in 2022. That was the that's what you were talking to various people about over the, the last few days. Yeah, that's right. So the Treasury have told me that they are going to be taking action to protect customers in response to developments in digital assets, and the government are planning to set out next steps shortly. Uh, the Bank of England, the Treasury and FCA are They've launched a joint task force Mm. to consult on this issue. Um, And the latest Bank of England policy briefing said that they would be watching the space closely in 2022. Yeah, there's no doubt a lot of people looking at this market, which obviously exploded during the pandemic. Um, People sat at home with not a lot to do, but also more institutional investors coming into the space, giving it some legitimacy, which maybe it didn't have a couple of years ago. And despite all of the the noise around crypto and various warnings from various people, there's certainly some people that are still pretty chirpy about the whole exercise. Bitcoin tip to hit, uh, is it 100,000 by the end of the year or, or soon enough? Yes, that's right. So this was a trading note from the Goldman Sachs foreign 
foreign currency exchange experts um, who said that if Bitcoin continues to steal market share from gold as a store of value, it could reach 100,000 in the next five years. Hmm. One to watch. That should be one of those predictions that we come back to in five years' time if we're still doing this podcast. Lily, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having um, me. From crypto to equities, we'll turn now to Patrick Spencer, the Vice Chairman of Equities at Baird. Based in London, Patrick has been in and around financial markets for 30-odd years, including a stint at JP Morgan International. And to be frank, he's probably forgotten more than most people know when it comes to stock markets. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Andy. Thank you very much for inviting us. Well, and Happy New Year as well. Um, we will look at some length, no doubt, at 2022 and the year to come. But... As we look forward, it's sometimes instructive to look back. If you were to sum up 2021 from your perspective, um, where you are, what, how would you sum it up in sort of a pithy phrase or a one-liner? Okay, Andy. Yeah, Happy New Year to uh, you and all your readers. Um, yeah, if I was to use uh, a one-line, I would, uh, and you talk about where I am, I assume you're talking about the financial markets, mm. the capital markets where I operate. Um, I mean, the line I would use is the most hated bull market in history. Uh, I've been in this business for 30 uh, plus years, and I've never seen so much negativity and uh, so much bad press and everybody hating every move as the market moved higher. And that happened, you know, apart from places like China on a glo global basis. So in a, uh, in a few words, the most hated market uh, in history would be uh, my, my analogy of uh, 2021. I mean, it, you talk about in history and most hated. Has there ever been, uh, I guess the second question of that would then be, has there ever been a time that you can remember where the sentiment, the noise, the constant fear and anxiety on the 721 into London Bridge has been so wide of the mark of what the actual markets were doing? Well, I think very much so. You know, the great financial crisis, the GFC, mm. as it's known, I mean, in, in, in near history, in 08, 09, um, you know, you've only got to think since then. You remember everything that was swirling around. That was actually the end of the world as, as we knew it uh, with uh, COVID, et cetera. Um, and um, obviously, no, that was later. Sorry, but you know, back yeah. then, obviously, it was the you know the the uh, you know the the mortgage crisis, etc., and interest rates. But um, you know, certainly, um, the market, you know, since 0809, uh, since that time, has basically, you know, it's 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 trebled. So uh, I think I would say yes, 0809 would be you know uh, similar of uh, of that period. And as we move into 2022, speaking of sentiment, where are you on a scale of sort of, of, of one to 10? Because it seems to me that, A, it's moving a lot at the moment, sentiment, and, and B, things seem to have picked up slightly in recent days almost compared to where we were at the end of 2021 with uncertainty yet again around the public health picture. We seem to be in a slightly better place in terms of public health, but of course, all sorts of threats to the global economy in good old-fashioned economic sense um, abound at the moment. Well, you know, what drives generally markets is earnings. We're about to print fourth quarter earnings in the US. Um, they're about to, uh, we estimate that, you know, earnings for the fourth quarter in the US is going to be, that's on the S&P, that mm. is, they're going to be up 20%. Now, that's the fourth quarter quarter of double digit actually earnings increases you're going to print 45 percent um, earnings actually from uh, from last year 
going into 2022. Um, obviously, you know, those earnings are going to be somewhat impaired a little because, you know, you're actually getting to peak growth, if you like. And obviously, uh, Omnicrom recently has actually hurt um, you know, um, some of the supply lines, some of the earnings, etc. So, you're 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 starting to get a softening softening of economic activity against a rise in interest rates, which everybody is running scared about. And mm. you know, our position is is really you know just you know look, we all hate being in these type of horrid corrections, but it's very interesting. You know, it's been in you know the the impact just this year has been. In different places, you know, if you've been in the old economy stocks like the Dow, for instance, or the FTSE, um, you've done very well. You know, those are value type uh, investments. You know, they've outperformed by four or five percent. Most of those are up on the year. Now, if you were unlucky enough to own, you know, some of these expensive software stocks that trade anywhere from 30 times EV to sales up to 40, 50, you know, you're looking at down 10 percent if not 50% from where you held them in November. So depending where, you, where you're sitting, um, you know, your perspective is, is slightly different. Um, but we can talk about, you know, where we see the opportunities and where we are actually sort of, you know, uh, in that growth yeah. curve. Do you stay in value? Do you actually start to participate in some of, um, you know, the more interesting growthy type names? Um, but I think the important thing to mention is that, you know, we have actually monitored and measured interest rate rises since uh, the great financial crash. And um, if you any period of rising rates, whether that was 2013, 2016, 2018, uh, six, to, uh, six months to a year later, the market is always up double digit, as opposed to when interest rates were going down, the market's only down, you know, the market was actually only up single digits. Mm. So despite common, common wisdom, rising interest rates have nothing to do with rising stock prices. You know, they might obviously have something else aligned with them, like, you know, very high inflation, et cetera. But in, 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 in itself, rising interest rates in, in our experience and history shows that it hasn't affected stock prices. That's interesting. So for all the the heat and hopefully some light that that we in the media focus on, you know, give and focus on the MPC decision making and interest rates. And at the moment, my inbox is flooded with analyst predictions of where interest rates might end up for you. It still remains when you're looking at markets at opportunities focused around cold, hard earnings. Yes, very much so. That's what drives. That's what drives stocks, earnings, earnings momentum. And you've got to remember, obviously, in, in a rising rate environment, you know, they, you know, obviously, you have to discount those those future earnings streams back, so they're worth less today in a higher interest rate environment than than they were previously in a lower interest rate environment. We get that. We understand that. But at the you know, but at the same time, if you've got a stock growing at 20, 30 percent. And you're going to see higher interest rates. Well, that's fine. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know that that growth rate. And to my point earlier, you know, some of these stocks have fallen fifty percent, so they're already discounting higher rates anyway. So they've already discounted actually those higher rates mm. against those earnings. So the majority, a lot of these growth stocks, you know, are off fifty percent. So they're already discounting, you know, that you know those you know, those uh, you know that uh, multiple um, uh, uh, erosion, and um, you know you're most probably going to get uh, a multiple uh, increase 
um, on the basis that earnings actually going to uh, are going to continue to grow. So yeah, I mean that all sounds very confusing. But the bottom line is, if you've got a tech stock that's growing at 20, 30 percent, and the multiple of the market can't go up because interest rates are rising, the earnings part of the PE has got to obviously provide the support. Mm. All I'm saying is that earnings will continue obviously to grow. You know, despite obviously um, you know higher interest rates, and eventually. Those will actually, uh, you know, attract people in in growth investments away from value investments. Yeah, one of the um, talk about opportunities as well in twenty twenty two, and I'm always wary of of looking too closely at opportunities because I vividly remember my news editor, who's now departed for the BBC, alas, um, going into full stock picker mode at the start of twenty twenty and picking Thomas uh, twenty nineteen, sorry, and picking Thomas mm-hmm. Cook, and then in twenty twenty picking the aviation sector, um, neither of which has looked particularly rosy in. Um, in hindsight, when we look at the opportunities on a on a sort of global stage, one of the consensuses that seems to form um, whenever I talk to people around capital markets is that the UK remains particularly cheap on a global stage. And is that you know is that a view that you share? And do you think that will continue through through the next year? Well, we at Baird have a huge um, investment banking division, which is working obviously with our uh, clients. You know, in fact, in terms of you're seeing a lot of private equity money circling and buying a lot of these cheap assets. That, in my mind, will continue to underpin because, as you know, private equity funds are just exploding mm. because you know the value and the the potential in private equity is far bigger and the availability for the common man to get into those is far greater today than it ever was. And there's been history and, you know, results shows that, you know, you can make more money in private equity than you can in public equity. So obviously you're seeing, you know, very burgeoning funds, huge amounts of flows into private equity. And a lot of these, you know, at the supermarkets in this country, you know, we've seen recently, a lot of these stocks are in the bargain bin. Mm. And for private equity companies, you know, and venture capitalists, they look really, really attractive. So that would be my first point. There's a huge underpinning, I think, of those assets uh, in in the UK. The UK trades at 14 times, you know, the rest of Europe trades at 16, the US trades at 21. So there's no doubt, why is it Why is it being given that discount? Mm. Um, the reason it's been given that discount, to my point about earlier about growth investments over value investments, the majority of investments in the UK are old economy, you know, they're mining assets, they're oil assets, they're material assets. They don't have, you know, the shiny, shiny tech that the US has, you know, 30% of the S&P is in shiny tech, the fangs, if you like. So it's old economy. Now, what we believe is that even though we think great growth is going to you know, reassert itself later in the year, the economy is strong at the moment. And because of higher rates, hurt, hurt growth stocks, tech stocks, we think shorter term, you know, some of these old industrial um, you know, names will continue to do well because the industries you know, will actually prosper um, you know, in a strong economy, which we think fades uh, as we go through the year. And that's why the growth stocks pick up again. But yes, I think uh, the UK is in the bargain bin, but there's been worries about Brexit. And the big problem in the UK is getting the employee. You know, you, it's mm. impossible to get employees. Mm. You know, my son works in the local pub as a, as, a, as a holiday job, and they're desperate for people to work. You know, you just can't get the people. And I think that's, you know, a big a big problem in the UK is getting the available workforce, you know, and that's 
And and COVID has hurt that as well because a lot of these people actually sort of, you know, are are now quarantining at home. Mm. So, yeah, putting that to one side, the UK is cheap, huge opportunity. Private equity equity will underpin it. And I think, you know, old economy stocks will continue to do well until the mid part, you know, sort of mid part of this year would would, would be my spin on it. So, yes, we, 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 you know, we do like the UK. Jolly good. Um, Patrick, that's all we've got time for, which is a shame because I'd like to talk to you for great lengths. Perhaps we can touch base in a couple of months and uh, and see how the year started and look towards the rest of the year. But for now, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Very nice to meet you. That was Patrick Spencer of Baird. Uh, pleasure to hear from him as ever. And I dare say, yes, we will be hearing from him in due course. Um, thanks again for joining us on the City View podcast. Another interesting week in the city and it feels like the year has barely got started. We will see you again tomorrow where we'll pick through the bones of the politics of the week just gone. But for now, from me, goodbye. Goodbye.